0: Welcome to the GamesNet Berlin Europe podcast. Here we speak with extraordinary games industry professionals and listen to their story to learn all about what they've built and who they are. GamesNet Berlin Europe is the international games industry initiative of MediaNet Berlin Brandenburg, the networking association for the media, creative and digital industries in Germany's capital region. My name is Simon Oler and I will be your host for this program. Today, Florian and I are speaking with Sebastian Stamm. He is a professor for games art at the University of Europe for Applied Sciences in Berlin, an art director at Supercrowd Entertainment, and a freelance illustrator. He also co-founded the Black Pants Game Studio. The great thing about this episode is that Sebastian and Florian know each other quite well. 20 years type of well, actually. And mystically, Sebastian and I get along quite well as well. Well, well, well. A fun episode lies ahead of you. Get ready. You will hear us speak with Sebastian, or Stamm as we call him, about what is important to him right now. And I won't spoiler that. It's a cool answer. Uh, We talk about his university experience as a student in Kassel And how he brings that to his job as a professor today. And how he thinks game design should be taught. We speak about his career in games. Why he moved from Kassel to Berlin. Art and being an artist. And art and selling. And all the things that belong to that. And we also speak about groups, teams, magical golden combinations of people. And conflict hygiene. Very interesting. And of course, we hear about Stamm's life, how he grew up, what and who influenced him, and creativity that lies in his family. A very beautiful story. If you would like to, you can subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you are listening on. We are very grateful and we're trying to bring you the best stories from the European and the Berlin games industry. So please enjoy our conversation with Sebastian Stamm.
1: Hello, Sebastian Stamm. Sebastian or Stamm, how do we go today? Because I never call you by your first name.
2: That, that is a very good question. Um, and and we've known each other so long that it's hard to answer that. So maybe Stamm, which is okay. like my, my, my artist name. So let, let's stick with that. Yeah. All right.
1: You are a professor for games art at the University mm-hmm. of Europe. For applied sciences here in Berlin.
2: That is correct.
1: Yeah. You are an art director at Supercrowd Entertainment.
2: Yes. Yes. And a
1: freelance illustrator.
2: Yes. Did I forget anything? Uh, no, that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely Uh too much work. (laughs) I must say. (laughs) All right,
1: and let's not forget Simon, who's also here. Uh Since this isn't a complete
0: takeover. Hello,
1: Mister Co-host.
0: Hi, I'm very glad to be here, too. Nice intro. Nice to meet you, Stamm. I'm going to call you the same. Uh Likewise. I always feel like yeah. it's, a, it's a bit of a privilege to call someone by their nickname quickly after you've met them. But uh, yeah, so I, f- I feel privileged and happy. <laughs> Me and, too. Uh, th- th- <laughs> thanks for not yes. completely take- taking over the show yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> i won't do that <laughs> yeah, and also to florian right because he's we just started co-hosting and you know the the hostile takeover yes it's it's imminent i can already feel it in my bones <laughs> soon soon i will be all but forgotten <laughs> this will be my podcast and uh, thanks for inviting me also
2: <laughs> that's something i wanted to say I'm i'm glad i can be here yeah
1: all right uh, we are happy you are here. And, uh, the concept for this episode, as people can already hear from our intro, mm-hmm. is that you, Stam, and me, we know each other for ages, basically, and Simon doesn't know you at all. Mm-hmm. So this will be more like we meet at a party and I will introduce you to him by asking questions and then he will start making comments and, uh, um, but still, I want to bring over al- as much useful information as possible, yeah, so yeah. I will start with some serious questions,
2: yeah, yes, please
1: so tell us what is important to you at the
2: moment um to be honest we 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 talked about that like two days ago when we when we set up this whole um podcast we're doing today, and you asked me the same question, and this question has been. In my mind now for two days. So I, and I don't have a very precise answer. Um, I only have the, the the current, like the present answer. And that would be, and I really thought long about that because the last one and a half years have been very intense, like for everyone, uh, for a lot of reasons. The, the main one being the pandemic. Um, and important to me currently, like on, 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 on the f- on first, uh, the, the first thing I, I would come up with is having time for myself <laughs> and my family. Nice. Um, because, um, and uh, we, we probably will be talk, uh, uh, talking about that, but I spent like the last one and a half years switching from, in all the different areas I work in, switching to different modes of um, running things. Starting with the teaching so that I had to switch to, to online teaching, which is a, a whole different cosmos for itself. And then continuing with working at Supercrowd, doing the art direction for a whole new genre of digital events. That's something we probably will be talking about as well. Uh, and then also b- getting a new kid into our family in uh, around March. Um, Where did you get that from?
0: <laughs> just, just found it. Yeah. Congrats, man! It's not easy to find them. They're, they're kind of hard to acquire. <laughs> to acquire.
2: <laughs> no, and that that all. It, it, so it's like a multitude of stuff that happened. And um, like three weeks ago, I went for a very long vacation with my family, and I I'm still in in some sort of decompressing mode because I spent like the last one and a half years uh, being at home and working. Too much and, and a lot on very interesting projects, uh, which was probably the, the the reason why I did that. Um, and right now, I just try to to get some some quietness back into the whole thing. Um, not yeah. work too much. That's the that's what what's important to me right now in this moment. Um, to to continue working on these projects because I I love them all, but to to get a, a better balance in there more or less.
1: Yeah. Nice. I like this question as a beginning question because mm-hmm. people react very differently to that. Some will start immediately pitching their current project. Uh, for some like you, it brings a process of mm-hmm. thinking about it for two days specifically to answer that question. So yeah, that's really interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was really nice to hear, right? It's like I thought about this for two days. Nice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that means it's working.
1: <laughs> that means he has prepared more than us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. At least subconsciously. I'm always subconsciously preparing. I'm like, yeah. Oh, to be honest, I I have I when when we met two days ago, yeah, I was like we don't know each other but we know each other in spirit. So I was like I don't have to do anything for this. <laughs> just just be there. <laughs> no, in presence. And the- presence, my friend. And, and, and probably uh,
2: i also forgot some stuff i mean what what is on my mind as well is the, like climate change and all of that stuff but um the, like if i look at my current situation as a human sitting in a flat in berlin i think the most important things i mentioned yeah
1: oh. yeah and and it was a good answer i think that is something that is really important especially for people who work a lot uh, and that's many people in our field so mm. Mm. I can completely understand that.
0: By the way, I, I happen to be an expert on not working and uh, quiet quietness. So later <laughs> on, maybe nice. we, yeah. we can we can uh, share some thoughts on that. I'm very curious, but uh, let's probably first go into Florian's questions about more yeah. uh, industry job related stuff. So I will yeah. shut up.
1: Yeah, and second second half is decompression with Simon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Feel good wellness and balance with Simon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Comfy shoes. Yeah.
1: All right, this is the Mayhem podcast coming yeah. live to you from. Yeah. <laughs> me. So let's talk about your start into the games industry. Mm-hmm. How did you become a professional in this field, and what were your first steps? And how did things evolve from there?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um... Where should I start? Uh, pr- probably, I always liked drawing. That's, that's where I started. Um, I've been drawing since I can think, and I always enjoyed the, the process of drawing. So for me, it was always more or less logic that I study something related to that craft. And after some, some attempts at universities, I was accepted in Kassel in the visual communications uh, department, and I focused on animation and illustration. And at that point, I didn't even play games. I played a lot of games. I don't know between ten to eighteen, and then I completely forgot about that medium and just focused on on other things that you focus on in that age. And then um, I, for some reason, at one day um, I I was in the animation department, and I had nothing better to do, which was great because. This was basically the beginning of my whole career in, in games, and it was like that. Some people from the programming department in Castle they they were developing their own engine, um, which which was more like a passion project, as a, these projects always start. And they were looking for people to create imagery or con- concepts for games. And I was just there at the presentation and I hadn't prepared anything. I was just showing my work and the comics I did, the illustrations and the animated movies. And for for some reason, we we, we clicked on a very organic and and friendly way. And we started producing a game that we didn't know what it would be. So most of the people in the team, they, they all played games at one point, but nobody in the team was like most of the people in the industry. Um, that that are a little older as, as the, the, the new people in the industry, um, they, they didn't have some sort of um, education in games. So uh, we just tried to make a game that was fun, basically. Very naive, uh, not very theoretically, just straightforward. Everybody was having fun and doing things, more like a jam, like a game jam. And uh, after some some time, this, this thing uh, became a demo. So we released one level, Online, um, and after some, some weeks, we had, I don't know, 30,000 downloads or 40,000. And that, that was a key moment for me because I thought, all right, th- this is very, there's a, a vast audience of people who somehow enjoy what we are doing and that I can reach with my art and the, the ideas we had in the game. And this, this was very motivational and this led us to, to develop the game in full. Can you
1: can you quickly just to, to frame this, can you yeah. tell us at what in what year, like what time this was?
2: I don't know exactly when we started, but I think it must have been around two thousand and eight-ish. Plus yeah. minus two years.
0: Something All right.
2: like that. Um so it's not that long ago.
0: And how old were you then? What's your age bracket there?
2: I have two.
0: One second, quick maths, man. Yeah, no way, <laughs> very slow math. <laughs> um,
2: I guess mid twenties, something like that. Must have been mid twenties. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I uh, can confirm from knowing your age, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And then we then we developed this game, and um, w- we did all the things that you do when you are very I don't know motivated and passionate and and want to found a company which was the goal of one of the founders uh of black pants um from the beginning so we we applied for a fund which was called exist which still exists uh, nowadays i don't know if it has the
0: same name but it's basically a t- i think i know this Is, isn't this like a uni student type funding exactly it's it's like i i think originally it's
2: it was developed for for tech people so um the the intention is if you have some sort of new vacuum cleaner or something like that and you want to bring it to the market uh then you can apply for that fund and um basically build your
0: company the first year of your company with that fund yeah um, yeah we had a we had at university we had like a a, a mini startup hub kind of mm-hmm, where some mm-hmm. professors taught startup to students and yeah, they they worked very closely with this. I have, I just can't. Yeah, I I know about this. I was like, I know about this. Okay, whatever. <laughs> please, please continue. No, and I can I can only I only have praise for this
2: fund because it's basically you you get the gift of a lot of money, um, and especially when you are still studying, and then you can just start producing stuff on a more professional way. You can buy computers, you can buy hard drives, you can by official software licenses and all of that. Uh, you can even afford to go to, I don't know, any fairs in San Francisco to show your game and stuff like that. So this is really, really helpful. I think this is one of the most helpful funds we ever had. This was like the kickstart for our, for our company. Um, yeah, and we did that, and we continued working on the game. And uh, at one point, we released it. And at that point... Um, there weren't a lot of games on Steam, which is like the digital distribution platform uh, where you buy games. Um, and we, we were lucky enough to meet people who pushed the game a lot on the one hand. And on the other hand, I just think that the game we made was so raw and weird uh, that, it, that it got some attention with people. It was also silly and at some point also very experimental, I would say. What, what was the game? Um, it's called Tiny and Big Grandpa's Leftovers, um, and it's a, a third-person physics jump and slice, we call it like that. And you basically, you play a character that's looking for his magic uh, underpants that he inherited from his grandfather, and you achieve that by cutting the whole environment. And that was something new. I, I, at that point, nobody ever did that like as a game mechanic in a game. Uh, being able to cut with a laser the whole environment and use it for progression in the game, mm. um, and that was very that was just insane. This was like a little, I don't know. I still have very fond memories of that, that time because we we got a lot of recognition and then we won the 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 Deutsche Computerspielpreis, the German game award and we were also invited to the independent game festival and that was like disneyland for us because we were just sitting there for i don't know five years studying and then we suddenly we we had access to this whole industry and world of people making games Um, and then we we, we met a lot of interesting and inspiring people on that journey so this this sounds a little cheesy but it really was a great time for us as a as friends and as a company and as as a studio and this was like the this was like the base, uh, and from mm-hmm. that that on we just continued making games. Uh, some of them were like commission work. Uh, some of the other games we made were uh, like artistic uh, productions we did by ourselves. For example, Rusty Trails, uh, that was our latest game. We also did some mobile titles. We did some satirical games for Sch- Schlecky Silberstein uh, at the Bohemian Browser Ballet, which is like a different format where you have some, some daily news and you try to make a game from these news. Um, like when Trump released his Muslim ban, we made a satiric game about the Muslim ban uh, that contains peeing. So um, it's, it's, it's a very <laughs> uh, w- weird game, but I, I still like it. It's a very small game and that's what <laughs> we did. That's what, what we did for a long time. And at some point, uh, and did I answer the question? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Should I, should you answered
1: I? the question and then some.
2: And th- then I continued. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> As things go. <laughs> yes. Uh, I will stop here, right? That's, yes, that's what I do now. Okay.
1: Or you continue? That that really depends on on when you think
0: <laughs> on how your you mouth might, you moves. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I I have a really quick comment because yeah. I yes, always please. it always perks up to me with the you said this thing. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's a little cheesy, you know. You, you had this Disneyland ride uh, time. Yeah, yeah. I I just want to say if anybody who's listening. Maybe feels the same way, or you feel that way. Yeah. Like I really want to advocate for, you know, not feeling cheesy about it because it's like, yeah, like come on, you have your first success after you were a student. Like, of course that's awesome. Like, you, yeah, you, of course you of get course. a peek behind the curtain for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you yeah. happen to be successful, and I just googled the game uh, w- while, yeah. and I saw a total biscuit video. You know. Yes like the WTF yes. is and, and and you know like mm-hmm. that's awesome man that's not cheesy it's called awesome so I I just want to say that I I totally agree but maybe I reframe
2: it I I don't think that the thing as it is is cheesy I think more like when I think about that time I see myself as a delirious person running around being happy and that's that's <laughs> to me <laughs> that's to me I have a very a very romantic and and positive that, that that's really true because um, maybe to 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 add to that point uh, one thing that I really enjoyed and that I never I've never met before in that kind of capacity was that the the community um, we encountered at that point um, that was very nice so to meet people that make inspiring games and that have very interesting thoughts and ideas and that were all quirky th- this kind of realm. I've I've never met before. I know that Johannes, is one of our coders, the main coder. Um, he he was very active in the demo scene, um, but for me this was like the first time having a real big contact with the whole indie game scene. Yeah.
1: All right. As sort of a, you mentioned it um, at one point when mm-hmm. you when you told about how you engaged the people who later became Black Pants. Mm-hmm but um, since we've known each other for over 20 years mm-hmm. um, i have come to know you as someone who starts amazing projects uh, or interesting companies um, and has crazy ideas mm-hmm. so what i w- always uh, wonder to a, to an extent to some part i know already but i want to go more into like how you think about that is this like starting new things starting a company is that something that you feel comes from an inner drive that you have or is there some um external initiators that tickles your sense for
2: adventure and then you just go Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's a very good question maybe maybe i can answer it from four directions probably um (laughs) Because sure. it
0: doesn't six or seven
2: a four dimensional <laughs> answer four dimensional <laughs> answer
0: <So.
2: laughs> I really enjoy that <laughs> yeah. um no, it's like where should i start it's it's like of course i i'm for me this is on one hand it's it's like a drug to do new stuff uh, I'm uh, well aware of that, and my 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 wife knows that, and all the people around me know that that i I really enjoy that. Uh, I get bored after five years. Uh, that's a observation I made about myself recently um, or after six years or something. That's one thing that I, I, I really want to do explore different th- things and not stay at a place too long. That has changed a little with me becoming a father um, because I simply don't have <laughs> the, the, the double energy <laughs> you'll have, and i don't I, sleep
0: <laughs> oh man i have this i have this terrible i had this terrible thought in my mind which was like yeah. um since we discussed that you acquired a new child right yeah i yeah. hope you don't get tired of it after <laughs> six minutes, <you> know? <laughs> now i get something else yeah, yeah. You're You're you get tired of it right now right because because it's awake at night oh, man. Okay, sorry. oh my god <laughs> no
2: and it's more like
0: th- th- that's one that's one
2: impulse and the other impulse is that there's also an observation i had now like uh, looking back at the projects i did in the last 10 or 15 years that um all these projects they they develop organically i would say and they also often start as a artistic collaboration so just people i like and uh, i enjoy being around and that that have a a interesting spin on things Uh, and with these people i start doing things and from that stuff something develops Mm -hmm. Um, and and that was always the case that was the case when i was studying we we had the small room with five people that that i to myself always call this like a golden combination of people like a band so if you have like the perfect combination of people and for games it's often important to have this combination of people and not just one person um not necessarily but but most of the time you, you need this kind of team then um then you can do stuff together on a much more interesting and and bigger scale. I would say um, th- that's another reason. So that all these projects, I never applied at any company. I just met people and then we started doing things. Mm-hmm. And that was always very uh, that felt right to me to to be organically connected to uh, the, the, the people I work with on on several levels. So that's another thing and. Um, um. I don't know. Um, also, at one point, of course, um, I don't know, uh, artistic reasons. If if you do the same genre for some years, um, then I personally get bored and I want to do something new. Mm-hmm. It's also something that happens. And maybe to close that, uh, these kind of golden combinations or bands or how you want to call them, these these people who who work together well, uh, these combinations, they don't last forever to my understanding. Um, Probably at some point some will, but um, like if your life changes, some people move to to different areas. They have different goals in life and all of that. So you you come together for this moment in time of one to five years. You work together and then, then... a new thing happens, and you form a new team, and that's that's somewhat that's somewhat interesting to me also, and very, uh, aufregend, exciting, to see what the next project is. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I really hope that's only a work thing for your marriage.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I had and, the same thought as well. Yeah. I was like, no way I can say this. And here's Florian can, yeah. with the, Yeah, yeah, we yeah. know each other, <laughs> we tell us everything. Yeah, it's just a work thing. We've been together <laughs> way longer, and you know that <laughs> yeah. you passed this six years. Yeah. Okay. yeah, Stamm gets bored, Mark.
1: Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, as we heard, you are now in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Um, but that hasn't always been the case uh, in the framework of your professional life. So you started uh, Black Pants in Kassel. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, you and part of the team decided to move to Berlin yeah. and open a second office here. Yeah. Um. Can you talk a little bit about what were the factors for that decision and
2: uh, yeah, how that came to be? Um definitely the game scene in Berlin. That was one thing that attracted us. So all the different meetups, you have these huge amount of people who, who create games and that you can talk to that's, and it's always nice to see people in person. So that was one big factor for us. And after eight years in castle, we also had the feeling that, uh, we all wanted to go somewhere else. Some of our partners, um, uh, for example, my wife, if she, she wouldn't have found a job in in Kassel, which is she's a, a textile designer, and Berlin is a much better city for that. Uh, and it was the same with with Toby's partner, and so on and so further. So um, a lot of rational reasons, I would say, and also some emotional ones that you wanted to, that we wanted to uh, explore a new city um see new stuff maybe and also and it wasn't the same for everyone some people in the team they they, as you know Mm -hmm. um, they stayed in castle because um for various uh, reasons and some of them they don't actually care where they are but i think at least for me and tobias who's our game designer it was always important uh to come to a different city um, and, of course, uh, funding was also a topic on the economic side. So we had this funding in in Hessen. What's this in English? Hessia. Hesia. Hesia. Thank you. Uh, we had this funding pr- program in, in, in Hesia, and we also wanted to do like a double funding, like a cooperation with another um, uh, funding department, and then there's the medium board. And we, we had very... Um, nice encounters with the medium board, so it just made sense to have these both locations uh, that were more or less tailored to the life realities of all the team members. I think that's a good wrap-up point.
1: So, as a founder mm, and someone who who went through these steps, um, of course, now this is a little bit compressed mm-hmm. in in this podcast, but obviously that was a a longer period of your time and all the experiences that you made from that. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you tell your students today uh, Mm -hmm. when they ask about entrepreneurship and starting Mm -hmm. their own projects?
2: Um, That, that, that was always because I think I, I can talk about that topic from, from first hand experience. So this was always one of the, the, um, the babies I had at the university, and I uh, hopefully can continue to have them when when I return from my paternal leave. Now, um, is that, that 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 founding teaches you a lot of stuff in a very stressful manner, um, but it's a good experience. Um, so the incubi- incubator, for example, at our university, that's something I uh, designed with my colleague Chongavaranyai, and also some other professors um, over the years. And I think that's, sh- it, it's just a great experience. I think it's not for everyone, of course, because you need all these, these like qualities of you have to motivate yourself and you have to have some certain, you don't even need a goal. I would say <laughs> <rather> <laughs> you would rather just need, you just need some people that work well together. I mm-hmm. think that's if if I would boil it down to that point, because I've, I've accompanied teams over the last four years now at the university. That
0: did quick f- interjection: Are you yeah. speaking about the the students right now? Like yeah. when you when you you're, you're yeah. opening up with that's not for everyone. You mean like the incubator? It's exactly not for every student. Okay, just exactly. to clarify that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Maybe to 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 clarify even more. I think. Yeah, you need people who really want to work together on the one hand, and it's also something that I would say really it has to fit your profile as a person um do you enjoy that kind of thing do do you like this switching a lot or are you rather person that wants introvert extrovert all of that that idea maybe
0: maybe you can explain a bit what kind of this incubator uh, that you're talking about uh, requires of the students i I think that would paint a lot clearer picture um it's it's something like, okay, so so at the university
2: we have this uh, Bachelor of Game Design. Maybe we start at that point. And you, our students study game design. And they can specialize in various fields. They can specialize in game art or game design or programming uh, during the course of their studies. And in one semester they can do an internship or they can go to the incubator and apply for a founding internship. Um, and we have fixed regulations, what we want from them, which is a lot of stuff um, like a business plan, a first draft of a business plan, let's call it like that. And they also need something uh, that is already working. So the normal way uh, students come to that um, internship, this founding incubator internship, is that they develop a game during their study, like a prototype. And with that prototype, that is very much fun to play or people enjoy it a lot, or that has some potential in any direction, politically or on society topics, uh, that that is a good prototype. And they take this prototype to the the founding garage, that's what it's called, and they develop it to the next level. And that level can also differ. But uh, for games, uh, we always develop this to be able to apply for funding. So this was one of the goals um, in the founding founders' garage. Uh, or they even developed the prototypes further to, to have an early access, for example, or to release the game in, a, in an early state or to apply at a publisher. Um, and while they were doing that, they also had to do some tasks. So we designed a program around that. Uh, they had to visit some conventions. They had to meet uh, business people. And talk to business officials um they, they even have to found a company so they they get a feeling of this whole legal structure thing that you also have to know when you start a company and all of that so it's a pretty intense
0: package sounds fantastic though i mean like yeah. who doesn't want to yeah well probably some that's what you said but <laughs> <laughs> I, I i guess i can speak for myself yeah. these sound like dope tasks to do like hey Go to a convention, speak to some business people. Hell yeah, Yeah. man. Of course. Found a company. Okay, you're going (laughs) to help me? But yeah, like, sure. I mean, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it really, it really, and that's, that's what I learned from these four years doing that. It really boils down to how's the, how's the team working? What kind of hygiene does the team have in conflicts? How do do they handle conflicts and all of that? Um, so if the team works well together, the the, the program works perfectly. Um, if the team is too big or too small, or if the if 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 you have like double roles in there, this is more like this is a very special field. But this is more like team team building. And if that works, um, then the program was successful. Yeah. All right,
1: I have another university question. Yes, uh, you studied at the School of Art in Kassel. Mm-hmm. And that school emphasizes a very free and self-driven way of learning. Yeah. And to my knowledge, they still haven't adopted this whole bachelor-master system. Mm-hmm. That's good. Cool. Um, and now, as a as a professor, you teach at a private university that has mm-hmm. a more usual system. Um, and as you said through the incubator, even goes like the extra mile of preparing students directly for a career in the games industry. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell us about that difference a little bit in terms of what it means to, to learn in these environments mm-hmm. and um, what has it taught you about teaching um, coming from this very different kind of learning experience?
2: Mm-hmm. That is a very good question because I, I still don't have the final answer, but I have some some observations on that. Be, maybe, maybe starting with... Um, You can
1: do it four-dimensionally again, it doesn't.
2: (laughs) I always have these. Yeah. (laughs) No, I won't do that. (laughs) Um, Or maybe yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's once again... um, (laughs) It's once again... It has several factors. Yeah, I know that's... No, I think uh, me personally, as, as a, the, the person that I am, I really enjoyed studying in Kassel uh, and having all that freedom. Just to give you some context, um, you applied in Kassel uh, with a, a portfolio and then only a very small number of people are taken, obviously, like with every state um, art university. But once you have that, you're totally free. You can do whatever you want. You can do photography for a year, and then you can do illustration, and you can do all of that. And you don't have any tests. You just do stuff. Um, and I think this whole didactics and education question—that um, it always boils down to: what do you want to have in the end? What kind of um, what kind of personality do you want to hope to create? And what kind of traits should this personality have? And castle is a very art centered, uh, university in a way that they, they, um, try to form people that are very self independent, very strong and very, um, like one man armies more or less, because, mm-hmm. which makes sense because I studied illustration and most illustrators I know, uh, except in the game, but also in the game industry, most illustrators I know they work for themselves. They are freelancers. So it, makes total sense to say okay that this, if the students leave this university they are capable of doing that all by themselves um and of course this once again um caused some of my fellow students to not do anything or do a lot of party and i don't know i did also did a lot of party but i also worked a lot with my with, with my my roommates um and yeah, it makes sense. Like the, to, to define what would be the best outcome of the education there and um, the university I teach now. Uh, this is a Fachhochschule, so a, a university of applied sciences, and this is this is a little different from a pure university um, in a way that a Fachhochschule has a more practical approach. So we teach more um, craft uh, skills, so to speak. Um, at my university in Castle, I didn't have that. Everything I wanted to learn um, I pretty much had to do in self-study with the company of my professor, of course, but most of mm-hmm. that I had to do by myself. Um, and at our university we teach Unity basic courses, Engine basic courses, basic programming, basic character design, all of that. So that's a huge difference, and of course, and that's the major difference, um, and I still haven't made peace with that. But um, people only study three and three and a half years in these Mm. institutions, in Fachhochschulen. And that is not a lot of time, I think, Uh, especially in a medium that is so complex. Um, And if the the students that are great when they start, that's also another observation, they will be great in whatever system you throw them. Um, I think that's one idea I have, it really, for those students, it really doesn't matter. They will go their way. So these genius, these few genius students, they will go their way in whatever system. Um, but I think for all the others, it, ta- it takes a lot of time to learn how to work in the medium of games uh, because you need to know programming, you need to know basic art skills, composition, you un- have to understand timing, t- t- dramatization, all of that. So it's a very complex field. Um, And I think three and a half years uh, should be seen as a base training. Um, And some of our students, one of the best students, they even managed to come to a level where you can see them as authors of games, I would say. This is like the idea we have in our study program. We want to create authors. In, mm-hmm. in games like these and it's, sim- it's similar to um to the the idea my castle university has we want to create these personalities like for example Le- i studied with Leah schönfelder who was a guest here as well if i remember yes or not. correct a very correct. awesome guest um and and i she is one of of i don't know of the the, the most interesting authors in games i know and uh, that's the kind of idea we, we are following in the spatula program um but that being said it takes time and i think three and a half years are definitely enough time to learn the craft and to get into that whole idea of the medium what is the medium about um, and sometimes, uh, it's even possible to be an author, but I think a master program or how you want to call it, a diploma, a longer program is, is better if you want to have these kind of director personalities, because you just, you need more time. You need to have more experiences in life. Um, you need time to digest these experiences, all of that. So I think, um, bachelor is like a base program and then next step would be uh spending some more years p- perfecting that
0: and i suppose you need time to that's what studies give you right like mm-hmm. time to like you described to kind of do whatever mm-hmm. which i think is the time in which you yeah find out well what if i have the time to do whatever what is whatever like what what do i do and that's where the that's where maybe the seed of the author of the artist of the creator of the yeah director maybe not the word more in a more a corporate association yeah. but let's yeah. say let's keep the previous words mm-hmm. um the seed of that can break through the topsoil kind of uh, but only with time and freedom right yeah i totally agree i totally agree so i
2: think yeah you need time and freedom you don't and that's something uh, I try to avoid within the boundaries of, of legalness uh, to have too much stiff frameworks in my courses. Of course, you have to have some framework because we also have curricula and all of that, and it makes sense to have some sort of uh, d- drama in your uh, curriculum. But um, but that, I totally agree. I totally and, agree. And so,
0: so what do you what do you think about the the you know? because there also need to be kind of um soldiers is is the word that comes to my mind like like uh people who can do a job um is is that not important uh, or do, do you think somebody else should do that job or how do you see that w- with regards to i mean people might
2: mm. wanna
0: just do a bachelor and then get a job because they would yeah. Uh, flourish much more in a company under the direction of one of the directors that you also want to create but of of course there are always more people who can just do a job than there are genius director creator of course
2: of course and that's that's perfectly fine it really like you said it really depends on what what you want uh, and how you want to work and how much stress you want to endure during your work because this kind of Director role can be very stressful, of course, and that's something that somebody has to like or, or at least has to endure. And I also forgot one thing I want to mention that uh, that that I haven't touched yet. Uh, I think university is also about learning these kind of social skills because, like, making games is a team effort most of the time, and you need to you need to understand how to handle conflicts, how to make sure that your team is well and uh, all these soft skills. I think this is something I think craft, for example, if you want to learn a program, you, you don't necessarily need a university. You can just download some tutorials and ask some friends and get together and learn that. I think uh, if you're self motivated, um, but I, th- I think what you really build at the university are these social skills and also this, this network of connections, um, I don't know how it is with with you, but but I still I still, and that's probably also because of the creative field. I still have a lot of connections from my university years to uh, people I work with still. in uh, this professional network, that is something that is very important, I think, and that's that's built during the university time. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah, yeah. so it really depends. Maybe that's the answer. It depends what you want to be in the end. Yeah. What to find out at least. It's also good to find that out because you don't know that when you start studying. I I thought I would do comics (laughs) for the next 20 years. And then I was doing animated movies and games. So it's, it's also good for finding out. Yeah. Learning about yourself during the studies.
1: So, Now we go over to you uh, as an artist a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you describe your art style for people who have
2: never seen any of your work? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, of course, it evolved uh, during the last 10 years. That's normal. But I think right now it is a um a, a linie claire influenced linie claire is like tim and struppi and all these uh these comic books with a very g- graphical um approach to to images uh it's it's very colorful it, it, it wasn't colorful the tiny and big times it was very sandy and gray and brown <laughs>
0: tin tin by the way tin tim tin in english yes. yeah. just as a comment for the non The (laughs) non-Germans. And it
2: is, uh, maybe to be more abstract, I really enjoy busy pictures, Wimmelbilder. Um, I really like images that have a lot of information that overwhelm you. And uh, Florian, who knows me, knows this as well. I have a a very high uh, tendency to collect stuff uh, of various kinds. I really enjoy stuff around me. I have my whole Flat and working room is filled with stuff that I just find interesting. So I really like things um, as inspiration as well, and that that can also be found in, in my imagery. I think I, I really enjoy images that I can look at for a very long time. Um, on the illustration side, of course, and on the comic side, because I really, I still really, and that's one of my next projects um, when I have time. Uh, I really enjoy doing comic books. Um, and the, obviously, that is a big influence, um, s- starting with the big classics that you know. So, it was m- m- my whole stylistic was very influenced by my early heroes. Like in my studies, I really enjoyed Geoff Darrow, who was some people know from making the designs for Matrix, the movie of the robots. Um, that, that's something I really like. Of course, Mobius and Chris Ware and all the big superstars of indie comic of the indie comic scenes and of course this is a big influence still and over the course of the year this my stylistic like the the, the way I I draw things has become more um, graphically more simple uh,
0: and hopefully more on point Um, and i quickly want to enter here i'm browsing your website while we speak and for anybody who's listening who might want to do the same to get an actual image of the imagery good idea maybe yeah yeah
2: yeah internet yeah
0: the dash stamm.com t-h-e-s-t-a-m-m.com c-o-m uh, that's where you find uh, Stam's art, and it's awesome. I'm really enjoying looking at it. So, yeah, just f- feel free to continue. I just want to give the opportunity to, you know, image. I- it's best to look at imagery, right?
1: <laughs> Can you spell com once more for the audience,
0: please? Uh, C-O-M. It's a usual internet thing we do. Thanks. Yeah. I'm uh, just visited by my
2: son. Hello, son. Hello, son. Hello, son. He wants to... He sees that I'm sitting at a screen, and obviously he wants to have a screen
0: as well, which is... It's, it's a modern psychological phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. It's called screen envy. <laughs> screen envy, exactly.
2: Where's my screen? Um, Give me a yeah, screen. and, and that's, a, that's about it. Um, I also really like uh, drawing weird characters and coming up with interesting designs for, for objects and characters. Uh, Maybe that's another thing you could say about the stylistic. Mm -hmm.
1: So yeah, everybody go check out um, the artwork. We will also include links uh, within the podcast description, within the episode description. So it's easily findable. Mm. Another uh, question about being an artist Mm -hmm. uh, and also one where I know that we have our fair share on disagreements because obviously I'm entering <laughs> that fr- yeah. framework from the yeah, yeah. from the complete opposite side. Um, so, as an artist, there's always this fight between uh, creating art and also selling or marketing it, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. of course, there there's art that has to be made and has the specific goal of being used for advertising, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I know, this is your absolute favorite way of creating, right? <laughs> <laughs> hmm.
2: You're touching a very sensitive point. Yeah, of course uh, not. No. Uh, yes. Maybe, maybe to broaden the question. I, uh, yeah, because it's. Don't only broaden your answers, just.
1: enhance I, I the to the, the question even more. Yes. Um,
2: <laughs> because I think uh, it's always uh, making things and selling things. And my goal was always, and for f- f- happy I'm very happy about that it works uh, until now. Um, and hopefully in the future, I, I always try to do things. And I know some other illustrators who had the same like philosophy about their game uh, about their way of working. Uh, I try to do things and uh, develop aesthetics and then try to find people who want to give me money for that. Um, This is a different approach than you could have, for example, if you are a, I don't know, a storyboard artist. You have to be very versatile and have to have different um, ways of stylistics that you can offer. Um, But I didn't want to do that. I want to develop this whole, and this is very closely connected to world building. Um, Mm. I wanted to have this whole world of ideas and characters and like this place in my mind. Uh, And I want to put a lot of effort into that and time, uh, constantly working on that. And then somebody comes along and says, yes, I work for, I don't know, uh, recently I did something for a beverage company and they said, um, I want to do this uh, this kind of beverage advertisement. Can we use the artworks? And this is, this is something I want to be booked for the content more or less. So this is one of the approaches I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and advertising to me, if I would purely work in advertising, I would be just sad. Uh, th- there has to be more for me personally. This is my personal opinion. I could even go further with that, but, um, um but I, I, it wouldn't fulfill me completely mm-hmm. because I think you always – and it depends on the job, obviously, and the, the way uh, the, the the company you advertise, you make advertisement for, what they want, what their needs are, what their brand is. Um, but you always go into compromise, which is good on one hand because it makes your art sometimes more dense. But you always have to compromise on some levels, and uh, if you go to a point where the compromise destroys the idea of the art, then it just gets soulless uh, decoration.
0: and yeah. that happens all the time, by the way. I mean, what, yeah. what you're describing is is near to me too, and it it has a lot to do with with power too, with inner power, you know, with freedom mm-hmm. again, with mm-hmm. you know, I am the artist, and I do what I want, mm-hmm. and then that is good. I know mm-hmm. that because it's my seed that we talked about earlier. Yeah, my, exactly. My inner yeah. seed that I have cultivated—the plant, the 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 creative tree, or whatever—and mm-hmm. um, I know it's good. Book me for that. <laughs> it's not like, oh, let me lend my ability to move a pen <laughs> across <cyan>. the paper <laughs> yeah, to yeah, you, exactly. so you may create your uh, co- commercially interested communication. Right? That's a whole different. That's a whole different game. That's a whole yeah. different thing. And you have no, you, I mean, you have no power. Everybody can always say to you, well, just could you use another pen? Could you use yeah. a different word? Like, no, man. Can you draw art. A monkey? Yeah. Well, then we can <laughs> pay you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, <laughs> this is sensitive. Like, this is important. If you have any, if as a person, right, if you have any sense of, um, of, of, well not any sense but like a strong sense a certain <laughs> strength of sense of self and mm-hmm. who you are and what you do and what your style is then then i i suppose you have to act like that otherwise yeah. you will be just sad to quote a wise man <laughs> 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 or not not fulfilled i think i think if if you
2: look and i don't i don't have like a, i don't own a classic t- television uh, machine um but if <laughs> If I visit people who have some, and I look at all the commercials, you see this is all this is trash. This is shit. This is like people go to Instagram and see, oh, this stylistic is very hip and nice and interesting. But um, to me, it always feels very shallow. So there's no no soul. And th- that's very that's one, one point however you want to call it, but you don't, you just see it as de- decorative.
0: Well, you it's, you find this in everything that's mass produced. I mean, you can find yeah. it in music on the radio there, and there are some pop music gems, but many are not. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find this in, you know, yeah, everything that's mass produced. And yeah, I mean, it has no soul. I've also heard this. Um, I'm seeing on, on your website, I'm seeing this mm-hmm. little drawing of a dude, little dude standing on a car and it's like a cool, uh bricky mm-hmm. car and mm-hmm. uh, there's this thing i've heard about uh, refinement culture which is mm-hmm. like uh mm-hmm. i've seen on on twitter a lot which is like you look mm-hmm. you look at like all the medium suv models like variations of let's say <laughs> audi q3 q5 somewhere in between yeah, yeah. No they affiliation all look, on the podcast yeah yes oh is this uh is this a uh, is this a bad thing to say yeah i don't I th- know well, okay. So uh, this is just uh, trying to describe reality with an image, right? And yeah. then you see all the different SUVs of all the different, menu, and they all look the same, basically, yeah. you know, all the same shape. Yeah. And, uh, well, but bricky cars are, like, cool. Everybody yeah, sees yeah, exactly. an old bricky yeah. car, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, it might not be the best uh, for the aerodynamics or whatever, but but it's cool. Course, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, another yeah. really interesting thing that I like is that <laughs> yeah. in the NBA – yeah uh, if you look at the if you look at a diagram of shots taken from spot like around <laughs> the three point uh, line and the zone basically, <laughs> uh, back in the day it was a very um, uh, well, in image, the dots were kind of everywhere, you know like more at the three point. spread yeah, 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 more like that. Of course with hot zones in the zone and uh, outside <laughs> the three point line. And now it's just three-pointers or just zone. Nobody shoots twos anymore, you know? Like, nobody goes halfway and, like, no, either you shoot from below the basket or you shoot from downtown yeah. or three. And that's, yeah, like, yeah. Th- that happens, you know? It's nature. That, like it's chaos.
2: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly. Yeah, and,
0: and, it, people get better. People do what works kind of really aggressively. But there, there's a really problematic thing about that uh, in some way. I, I want to I wanna add something to that because
2: uh, one one of the, the key memories I have from my studies is I studied a very long time with my very b- b- beloved professor, Hendrik Dorgarten. And at one point I told him that I'm now doing video games and not comic books uh, for the next year. And he said, so you're working with coders? And I said, yes, of course. And he said... <laughs> Be aware of that. This kind of efficiency thinking will destroy your brain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's hilarious.
2: And and I wasn't. I didn't understand it to be honest at that point. But I, I always thought about what does he mean? What does he mean? And not, now I understand it. At one point, that this this soft this. And I don't want to say software engineering is, is a bad thing per se, but this philosophy behind software, this thinking about efficiency that you have to have, of course, otherwise your games wouldn't run on a computer. Um, but this over this these aesthetic of of uh, being efficient, they can really destroy uh, your chaotic brain. And I think you you need some sort of chaotic brain to make interesting content uh, in yeah. a way. That you streamline everything, you make everything efficient. Your storytelling is efficient, and, all, and then it becomes shallow. But but that's more like about
0: that's more like a creativity topic. Yeah, but that's the, a, that's order and chaos. I mean, that's everywhere. Yeah. Like ev- every thing that's aggressively orderly tends yeah. to become somewhat tyrannical or something in a way. Like it yeah. it, it won't leave a breathing room. And everything that's aggressively chaotic is like. Um, kind of destructive and out of bounds and 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 and, and doesn't lead anywhere you know it's the classic dichotomy between yeah that's 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 florian's question right it's like art versus selling you know what what do you do and of course you want to bring that together and i Mm -hmm. mean in a i mean if we look at the success of games where Mm -hmm. especially games where somebody like you is involved um an original artist that's where the magic happens that's like hardcore mm-hmm. chaos art creativity and like very good coding and design yeah. if they meet and of course they can make very very beautiful uh, babies and and that's the magic of the of the middle or the the potion of the two right yeah exactly 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 yeah. Yeah, and, and that works. Course. You have some oh, sort of sorry.
2: friction or tension between order and
0: yeah, exactly. And and yeah. of, and that's where the heat generates in the tension. Like that's where <laughs> yeah. the good stuff happens, right? The hotness. Yeah, <laughs> where it exactly. gets Hot, hot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's obviously that question was a setup. Uh, yeah. Because you even brought in again, expanding on every level. This is the the mind bending podcast. Like. Of course, there is that inherent fight of like being creative and having to sell it. And in some, in some teams or, or in some even solo projects, one person have to basic has to have a brain for all of these things. Maybe, I mean, there are very interesting uh, projects done by people. Mm. Uh, for example, death trash. Also from Berlin uh, yes. recently released a, a very big, big f- shout out famous yeah. big shout out big love big from all around mm. uh, maybe podcast appearance hopefully at some point yeah um, yes please so that that person i mean not him specifically but in general a person who works like that has to have a brain for all of these topics at the same time yeah. or will lack them in the uh, finished project uh, unless they are somewhat of the perfect four dimensional being or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, <laughs>
2: <laughs> which, which we all are <laughs> Yes. No. no,
1: but I mean in, in teams, usually that's why people have different roles in, and, and uh, in, in, in some teams as we used to be on a team, obviously those, those components will, will somehow uh, clash um, Yeah, of course. Yeah. or, Will um, like bring out uh, a better product in the end. So, so that's obviously also part of the fun to see where it leads.
2: And and all I'm all I'm saying is that uh, maybe two more things. I th- I think the ideal thing you can achieve is that in most cases, and uh, if if you do like real politics, like real politics, if you if you're being realistic about the market and. Blah, 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 um, I think if you achieve it in most cases that you do something you like um, that comes from your realm of art things you do and somebody gives you money for that, I think that's one of the uh, the ultimate goals uh, that, that you can achieve at least from my perspective um, So if you can com- can work commercially and also do what you like, I think that's for me at least a, a ideal ideal combination. And I don't think there's one or the other. I think they can coexist. You just have to find this niche that works for you. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're the person who's famous for drawing orcs on mopeds, then you have t- to coin that niche for yourself and find people who enjoy
0: orcs or on mopeds. That's yes. right. And uh, one more uh, comment uh, from my end on that. I, I really think that's so true and it's so important and i think there's no um well there's kind of the obvious narrative of well like let's say rich people bad you know you know yeah, whatever yeah, whatever like yeah. uh, uh, real estate you know and that that's kind of the has even <laughs> i look outside of the window and see houses and it's kind of the the you know that's a structure it's literally called structure right and th- <laughs> that's the oh that's just money and that's solace and that's mean uh, blah, blah blah and that's kind of this this one extreme and then there's the other extreme of kind of the starving artist who does everything he wants and it's super romantic but he l- runs around in rags and um mm. well well na- neither of the two is truly de- desirable and i think it's an um, important check on narrative what you said is like Mm. yeah that's what you want to do as an artist you want to find what your niche and i think uh age of the internet it's uh very much doable because niches are much more visible and can be made more visible and then you you get that and you find people who who want to pay you for that whether it's customers or uh, you know commercial customers and so that's so possible right now which is so cool and i think should be such an encouragement to yeah, any artist or artist team to to go after that, and then you know you have a you have a great mix. You ha- you do what you want, and you are at least not poor. I think I think that's that's also that's nice, yeah. super desirable, yeah. and not to be shunned, right? Like there, there's yeah. no no shame in even being rich in a way. I mean, that's that's that is wealth. That is freedom with, with doing what you want. Of course, you don't want to compromise yourself and be a super soulless suit. Mm-hmm. Unless that's really what you want to do, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> Go like, for it. I Go just want to underline that point there, man. I think yeah. you're on the money with it, and it yeah. shouldn't be underestimated. I,
2: th- I think it's it's about finding your audience, yeah. And and, and of course, we, we talked a lot about this commercial aspect, but also, um, if if I do something like a game or whatever, a comic book, and there's there's only at least three to four people who who and int- enjoy this medium and then come to me and say this this just added something to my emotional experience. Um, then I'm happy. So it's, it's also about, I think just creating stuff that some people see, uh, and then get something from that. I think the worst thing at least for me would be to create something, uh, and not go into a communication with any audience, just working into the the drawer. Um, that's the worst thing for you? That would be the worst thing. Of course, I do that sometimes just for the joy of drawing because I like the process of drawing and I do sketches and all that stuff nobody will ever see. It's just for me and the pleasure of drawing. But I think if I if I create a story and I, I put in characters that I want people to relate with or that have experience like other people, then I really want to go into a conversation with the audience. Yeah, that is, that is important for me. Yeah. And then I, I I'm happy with the work.
1: And since Simon uh, managed finding niche, and this podcast is part of a metaverse, and we all love world building. If you want to find out more about niches, then check out our previous podcast episode. That's a inside hint. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so, I will go to some more short answer questions usually, but this one, the first one for you uh, might not be a a Uh short answer question. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, My standard uh, question usually is, what's your favorite event? And the first is, what's your favorite event to do business? And I know you don't like business events. So this will be a different first question, which is, what was your favorite work trip? Why was it with me and why was it not to the expo
2: in Milan? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I a mean, that is!
2: I mean, you can't beat the expo in Milan. I think. <laughs> what happened at the expo in Milan? <laughs> so <laughs> we had marble bathtubs <laughs> and a joint. No, but maybe, maybe to give some context. Um, so it's like that at at Blackpan's studio when we at the point where where we did a lot of games. Um, most of my colleagues they just wanted to work on the game and they didn't really like traveling at that point. So I always asked somebody I liked uh, and I could imagine traveling with to join me. And um, at one point, uh, Florian and I went to uh, the the World Exhibition in Milan, Milano, and we presented our game at the the German booth as a, a, a example of a game that was made in Germany. That was a wonderful trip because it was so surreal. Everything was surreal, I think, because it was totally different from a business convention that you would normally go to. Uh, that was nice. Uh, but I also enjoyed the trip I made with Florian. That was our second trip together to uh, Litauen. What is Lithuania. it? Latvia, Lat- Lithuania. Thank you. Uh, to a very small festival, and I think that that would would sum it up. I enjoy going to smaller festivals uh, because I think that the conversations are much more not efficiency driven, but more um, uh, comfy and not that business oriented. Yeah. It's
0: not a conference; it's a conference. Conf- <laughs> Confir- yeah exactly Com- conference. new <laughs>
1: business ideas with Simon Oler <laughs> pitching nope. to you now
0: yeah all, all free use like I'm not I'm not about to create a conference soon but you can if you want to
1: <laughs> I would Let's come. talk about yeah. it after mm. all
0: right
2: so yeah but, but still- my favorite trip was the igf. <laughs> <laughs> True, and it, and I wasn't there,
1: so that's yeah, the answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> yeah. uh, so um if if you have one, what is your favorite event to hang out with people? It doesn't even have to be a games event because I know you also enjoy different kind of events.
2: Um for a lot of reasons, some of them are nostalgic. I really enjoy going to the comic salon in Alangen. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is only every two years, and I haven't been to that for I don't know four, five years, and then also it was cancelled during the pandemic. Uh, so this is this is like the, one of the bigger game and and uh, comic, especially comic conventions. Um, I really enjoy that because that's where I started and where also the publisher when when I have. Time to make a comic. Uh, they always have their booth there, and it feels like very familiar and like a family to go there. So I really enjoy that. Um, that's and
1: a, that's an answer. Or do you need four again?
2: No, I was <laughs> going for four. Okay, this isn't the list. This is. I like
1: lists. <laughs> yes, that's why the next question on the list is being asked right now. <laughs> <laughs> what makes Berlin a unique place for you
2: it's vastness I really I'm still puzzled by the vastness of Berlin all the areas you can go to all the places you can find that is very unique to me that's one point and the other point is the, the the way people are here the way you can be here like this more or less freedom you have to, to, be, to be or to do whatever you want. That's Maybe I can sum it up like that. Mm-hmm. It's a very open-minded city, and I always have the feeling that compared to other cities where you have a lot of structures already very pre-built and grown over centuries, a lot of stuff is still moving in Berlin and very fluid, and that's what I like about the city. All right. It's slowing down, obviously, with all the stuff happening, but it still feels a little like that. Um, and uh,
1: uh, last, short question: mm-hmm. How do you define success?
2: Hmm. Like personal. That's an open-ended question. That is a very. That is a very good question. Um, okay. Uh, simplest answer: If the thing is published. Mm-hmm. That's a very short answer, if it's done.
1: All right. So that was my pre-planned questions. So maybe the co-host wants to do some lifting as well here.
0: I I do like to lift various <laughs> things. Um, I'm I'm. Uh, this is now the welcome to. Uh, wh- what did we say earlier? Uh, balance and lifestyle. No lifestyle wellness with yeah. Simon and it's wellness exactly. Um. Yeah. I'm always very curious about, you know, um, how Mm -hmm. people get influenced. And, you know, we heard a bit about your Mm -hmm. character and your person and what you care about. And so I want to know from you where and how did you grow up? Who are your parents, if you want to talk about that? And who else maybe influenced you or what influenced you? I I grew up in Oberfranken, like in Upper
2: Franconia, which is the upper, the most upper and
0: uh, most eastern part of Bavaria. Um, Which must not be called Bavaria, right? It is Franconia. It's very important. It's very important to the
2: people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's also called Bavarian Siberia, and that I think that sums it up pretty well. So. or it, at least it, it used to be like that. Um, th- it was a, a area of Bavaria nobody wanted to live, like historically. Um, also, the whole Protestant uh, movement was moved there, so the Catholics could be in, in Munich and all of that. So historically, it, it's been more like a toilet. Of,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: of,
0: of, of an outhouse, Bavaria. outhouse, house, yeah. Greetings
1: go out to my family. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: No, and it's very, it's
2: very, the weather is not that best compared to other cities in Bavaria. But that's where I grew up in a very big family um, with a lot of uncles and cousins and all of that. Uh, My father was one of four kids uh, from a a farmer family and he, he is a electric uh, engineer it's what my father worked in and my mother worked in a, a kindergarten as an educator and i have one sister who is a musician and also an educator in music and 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 that's the whole gang and we lived in this house with my grandparents and my great great grandma so family was always a big topic for me and still is like this kind of in working I don't know, this kind of tribe thing where you have, where you spend some, some hours with your grandpa. So I, I, I really had, an I, w- I would say for, for my taste, a real nice uh, childhood and uh, upbringing uh, with a lot of nature and a lot of trees and a lot of time to do stuff with my friends, things like that. So I really, that that was great. And I'm forever thankful for this childhood. It was a really great time and very... Um, prägend, very uh, influencing to me as well. Um, and also what you have growing up in a very, very small uh, village is you have this village boredom uh, because there's nothing. There's just, I don't know, there's a butcher and there's a supermarket and there's trees and that's it. And you have to do things by yourself. And at one point I had a, a very nice conversation with a very uh, old professor from a university and she said, that uh, this always fosters like creativity. And a lot of my friends actually also landed in the creative field. Not all of them, but I think this this growing up with not too much information going around um, is really helpful in doing things. Um, and Florian knows that as well, that we, we didn't even have a nice place to go to as y- young people. Uh, and then we created our own place and, and founded some sort of... Um, what do you call it a club a bar youth club a a place to sit and drink beer more or less and have concerts and all of that so this was very influential in me and this diy culture that you have to have when you when you don't have a lot of offerings around you culturally or, or whatever um yeah that that was my upbringing and i spent most of the weekends and at During my puberty, I hated that, uh, visiting uncles and aunts and nieces and cousins. So I always visited a lot of people. Um, And that's it. That's what was very influential to me. And of course, as I spent like, I don't know, 18 years at the same point on this planet, I'm also very rooted to that place. I still have very fond memories. I still like it when I'm there. It's it's just a place where I spent a lot of time
0: and had a lot of good experiences. Sounds fantastic, man! Like yeah. I'm 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 quite there with you, you know. And it's like, wow, that's nice. I mean, um, <laughs> the name fits it too, you know, rootedness. Yeah, big, yeah. Uh, big family tree. Uh, it's, yeah, it's nice, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So you guys did that together, huh? This youth uh, center. Uh, yeah. Well, yep. This beer beer drinking place that you made beer drinking
2: yes we we called it we called it a cultural
0: a couture a cultural club
2: um but it it boiled down to organizing concerts
0: and just hanging out with a lot of friends yeah and that you, was very did, nice. did did you start it uh, together from from scratch yeah no yeah. I so,
2: wasn't there in the beginning i had to rent later this friend Achim and he said, okay, let's let's make a club and rent a room and then make a bar. And to make a club in Germany, you need this kind of uh, statuten, this kind of document where you talk about your club. License. Uh, yeah. License. Yeah. No, no more like your your, um, how do you call that? You it's like a business plan rules. for a club. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah like your, your rules and your philosophy and that. And he, yeah. we went to the library and we, we, the only rules we found were from a monastery. So so <laughs> what? So yeah, from, from the cloister in Selbitz, um yeah. and we, we just copied the monastery <laughs> rules and changed them a little <laughs> bit. And, I didn't
0: uh, even know that. <laughs> I mean that's 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 the original place for making and drinking beer, right? That are monasteries. So actually that's you're why right we on never money. did it.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs>
1: I came there with high hopes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Assumed from the start. I can see you guys as monks, by the way. Just you know, (laughs) the bearded one, the bald one, putting on some robes. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah, that works as an image pretty well.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but I suppose your behavior Mm -hmm. uh, down there wasn't that monk-like. No, it was it was like yeah, classic classic youth behavior, I would say. (laughs) classic (laughs) Classic we all know it (laughs) okay man that's so nice uh yeah well i don't know i'm i'm still like um Mm -hmm. reveling in 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 this image you know of like Mm -hmm. i mean i grew up a little bit like that too and Mm -hmm. uh, i get uprooted unfortunately um i think it was relatively Mm -hmm. Like well, it, it is what it is, but like relatively bad for me. And if I hear this kind of, but because many things for me are similar to you know, kind of big family, many cousins, yeah. everybody's younger than me. But um, yeah. so they they came after me. But it's still nice. And one one question that was left open was you, you mentioned mm-hmm. that you hated visiting everybody as a uh, in puberty, but yeah. there was some un- thing unsaid in there because it sounded like in the end you are quite grateful to to have done that.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. In in hindsight, that was just yeah, of course. But when you, I don't know, when you're 16, you want to go to concerts, drink beer, and, and and meet people to have sex with, and you don't want to sit somewhere and eat cake, for example. Yeah. And that that was just yeah, it it just didn't fit my my idea of a good weekend. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. But but yeah, I think yeah. Yeah, yeah, but in in hindsight, I really treasure all of that. Um, and if, like like, and Florian already knows that. At at one point, I want to go back in that area, like
0: live there again. That's nice. And I'm I'm working on that. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, back to the countryside. Very. Yes, we're going to see that a lot in the next ten years. Many. It's uh, it's very people. trendy. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know. Well, it's important. I mean, the the cities are are full and well maybe that brings us to a point because i'm so interested and mm-hmm. in, we talked about the <laughs> this kind of uh, will to will of power will of um mm-hmm. uh well artistic self-influence and you mentioned that the countryside left open this well basically this giant canvas of nothing nothing mm-hmm. is here to influence us what can we do to influence it, so to speak. Um, Yeah, yeah, opening a club. Yes. And then well, I'm curious about your, your artistic ability, you said you started drawing from whenever and continued doing that. And Mm -hmm. does it have anything to do with um, where you grew up? Mm -hmm. Who influenced you? Your sister is a musician as well. So Mm -hmm. what's what's the story there?
2: Um, there's this one story that's more like a family myth, but that uh, my uncle brought that up some years ago. Um, and my my grandpa actually he he was an influence I never met. I would say mm. because he he was a farmer, and but he was also a painter, an actor, a musician, and he was also in Second World War. Um, and he, he was like this this creative person I never met because he died very early um and I, I I've never seen him even um and all of these ideas of creativity they they somewhat kept going in our family, which is interesting and it's like an observation my uncle made for example my my cousin is an actress and my sister does music and I do drawing and illustration so somewhat and even my grandpa who is a a fine mechanic, a a very specialized was a mechanic yeah. Or, um, I don't know the English term, like very intricate machines like clocks and stuff like that. So a very, I don't know, uh, rational and engineering-driven person. Even he did a lot of drawing when he was young, mm-hmm. uh, w- which was forbidden to, to him by the Nazis, which I learned also um, because he drew
0: left-handed and they didn't want that and stuff like oh, yeah. that. So... so. um <laughs>
2: Which is actually true. It sounds I like know, made up. I
0: know, no, I know my my grandma had the same. She was uh um, erzogen, re- yeah, exactly. re-educated. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, by the way, uh, horrendous term for that. I mean, it's a really that's really messed up to yeah. not uh, swear uh, in this podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> I would swear. Imagine yeah. the swear. It's like it's messed up. And uh, it, yeah, I mean, it's a shame. There's there's I don't know, this beautiful, mm-hmm. um, weird thing about left-handedness because yeah. it's so unusual. And I, I feel like many left-handed people I know have this kind of special streak. It's just yeah. something beautiful, you know? Yeah, and, and th- that's,
2: I guess, one of the reasons why he didn't pursue it at, at that point. He just forgot about his drawing abilities. So this this was all in in my family and this um Uh, on one hand and on the other hand what what really influenced me was like was it's more like in the stories i tell and in the the characters i make it's it's not the aesthetics because aesthetics are influenced by a lot of things like my heroes in the comics industry and also other stuff but uh, the 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 ideas of stories i want to tell they they always tend to go around the idea of family what is family and all of that um, so so that's where that comes from, I guess. Um, and also my, my grandpa and my mother are also people who enjoy stuff and things. So the whole house I grew up in is filled with content of various kinds. <laughs> um, and that's something I, I inherited from them. Um, and that's also found in my artwork, again, in, in the illustrations that are always very full. And they have this pl- plethora of stuff, uh, that you can get lost in. I think that's where that comes from uh, as well. And my love for science fiction, that comes from my father because he, and that was always very impressive to me. He had this big library of science fiction books, like old 60s and 70s science fiction books. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, to be honest, most of the stuff I enjoy, i at one point my father brought into the family, for example, uh, computers. We, we, we had a very early Version of a home computer um, with a cassette deck, and uh, then afterwards a C sixty four, a Commodore, and all of that, four sixty eight. So, maybe yeah. after that, exactly. Yeah, with a four
0: eighty six. Four eighty six. Yeah. We. I, it's funny because I just have the same. I always like to relate, and yeah, my grandpa was a was an engineer, and he brought the he brought the C sixty four, and then and then the 486 yeah. i think even 386 before that and it's just yeah, yeah i remember i remember that kind of uh, anthology of computers like that's nice mm-hmm. man i remember mm-hmm. all the computers i played on and they were all they were all special and one was faster than the previous one ah, <laughs> such a good time <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah and i have a lot of like all these
2: these new media popping up i have so many Good memories on the one hand, and also that also influenced, I think, my work a lot because I, I I'm not just doing one thing. I always yeah. skip between stuff. Yeah.
0: So it's almost like you had this, um, this very open canvasy surrounding, but this really dense uh, content forward mm-hmm. family. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, so yeah, can, yeah.
2: <laughs> if you can put it like, yeah, you can put it like that
0: because yeah. that means that you had the balance you had the you had input you know something that was there and you had uh you had uh you would just had to leave the house and there was nothing and then you could like bring <laughs> almost like bring that into the world like <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah you could frame it like
2: yeah i've, I've, I've never thought about yeah but, but that's true that's exactly like
0: yeah well it's just what i see in the moment mm-hmm. i mean i can go off what you tell me and yeah mm-hmm. so i'm always curious you know the order and the chaos the what What's there? Wh- where's the vacuum? Where's the mm-hmm. filledness? And it's ah, yeah, it's fun to me. It's fun to me. Uh, Florian, I think you you had a question about, uh, in that in the line that uh, Stamm was was going right.
1: Yeah, I mean, we touched on it a little bit. So um, that was so I lied a little bit before. There was one more question I had. <laughs> but we thought it would be better it would fit better uh, in a later stage so yeah. um talking about where both of us grew up um mm-hmm. and talking about inspiration and the people there um i, I know and uh, that that ca- characters and and stories that you have worked on take a lot of inspiration from there so the que- the question
2: is th- what does home mean to you That is, that has obviously changed over the years, but it's, yeah, it's, it's like the place where I have people I like more or less. I mean, obviously, there's this, this whole discussion about what is Heimat, what is like your, your upbringing home and stuff like that. And, um, but that's different for me, home. And I, I moved quite a lot in the last, uh, years is that, that that's where I have some people I can have a good exchange with on what layer howsoever. This, this doesn't have to be artistically I just want to be surrounded by some people I like and then that's home for me mm-hmm. so that more like that if if there are no people, it gets hard but uh, um, if there are those people then i'm I'm happy
0: yeah that's nice yeah, and that's a good good uh segue into something i want to ask you from kind Mm -hmm. of the previous part because you talked a lot about teams you talked Mm -hmm. about these golden combinations and i think that's a little narrative i um, want to um explore with you uh before we uh maybe start wrapping up at some point in the near future but Mm -hmm. um golden combinations what have you experienced in that way um just a few pointers, but you can go in any direction you'd like. How many people? What type of people? Is it as mm. at all systematizable? Like can can you put a framework around it or is it purely individual? What happens? And um, then I'm also wondering about conflict hygiene. You brought that up. I'm very curious about that. So mm. that seems to be something that you've interfaced with a lot, this kind of group dynamic and mm. small teams. So yeah, please Please, let's talk a bit about that. That's very interesting to me. Mm. Uh, first first
2: of all, I think there's this whole... I think the best comparison or the best images I, I have or I, I found were like, that. this if you compare it with a band or with people who make music... I really like that comparison, by the way. I, I, uh, have,
0: be- I had the same feeling before. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, please. Because it makes sense
2: on so many levels to me, I think. Um, and... Of course, you have this, and that's probably something culturally as well, you have this kind of genius idea that you have this Goethe personality or this Michael Jackson or whatever person that is just this brilliant artist who does it all by himself and he knows a lot of stuff. Um, But um, And that exists. I don't want to say it doesn't exist. It does very much exist, and there are a lot of uh, examples in the game industry for that as well. Um, But I think for me, I I tend to be more creative and that's something that really depends on your personality. I guess Um, if I, at one point can talk to people about ideas, it is not in the beginning of, of the process. That's still when the idea is fragile and Mm -hmm. not, birthed yet but if it's if it's somewhat more solid than the, the the roughing out and that's that's a also american concept like writer's rooms for example you have people who work together on a script um and it brings a lot of benefits you have a good exchange uh, you you progress faster i think um you don't get lost in unnecessary um uh, places that don't lead nowhere—that happens sometimes to me, at least when I work alone—and um, that's that's all very positive about teamwork for me, for my personality trait. And the reason why I think about that even more nowadays is because um, at the university I work with, I worked with one uh, teacher, external teacher, who taught a lot about creative producing and team dynamics and things like blind spots in the team and uh, emotional capacities of team members. And I think you you were asking for like a systemic approach to that thing. I think to some point it, you can even have that Um, because you have all these different tasks in a company or in an independent game studio, for example, where you need somebody who goes to business events and he has to be in the best of all cases, charismatic and, nice to be around with so you need some sort of qualities i think uh in certain jobs yeah um and that's why i
1: always went to the business events and you stayed home
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is exactly the reason and and that's i think you yeah and if you compare it to a band you need somebody who keeps the the drums going and you need a, a lead singer who is
0: does artistic stuff or whatever you need somebody who uh gets the band together so they practice exactly uh, who drives the bus yeah get some gigs you need somebody who uh you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of actual management in a in a band too and um yeah the the system is nice i know i asked about it now i'm very curious about like can you maybe tell a story about like a magic a golden combination you had like i mean as far as uh that's okay you think for people involved, like I, I would mm-hmm. really, I really love when, when a team flows and uh, I would love to hear a story uh, from you and who was, who was there and what did they do? You know, who are the characters in that little movie? What what yeah. was going on? <laughs> if you, if you have a story like that, maybe um, I I had some of these combinations The
2: the uh, maybe if we take black Pen studio, for example, which started as a, I don't know, six people enterprise. Um, Uh, that turned out to be an eight-people enterprise, and then we were a five-people enterprise. So uh, this combination was forming in the beginning. People were coming in, people were getting out. Um, But at the moment when we made Tiny and Big, we had one game designer, uh, his name is also Florian, uh, who is very conceptually creative. He has these kind of weird ideas, and he, he really thinks more or less outside of the box. Uh, But he also had some very crazy ideas. For example, um, in our game, you could cut rocks. And at some point, um, this would make the game crash because all these rocks you cut, they were simulated physically uh, in a a correct manner. And this just made the computer shut down at some point. Um, And his idea was that this is part of the game, that you're always afraid that your game will crash. Lord, and we were, we were saying, no, that's insane. <laughs> Correct. That's insane. That's why it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he was like this, this person with a very strong and very creative idea of what the game should be very chaotic. And at one point, uh, uh, Toby joined us who is still in the company. Uh, and he is very orderly. So he took, they were always in conflict, and this conflict was positive. So they, they we created a nice balance with that. I think by making the game that was the uh, heat generator, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also the person who caged this crazy ideas that would have just crashed the game, um, literally, literally. And then we we had um, Christian at one point who was like a very serious and very approachable he was doing business very well, I think. On a very uh bodenständig. He was very down to earth. Down to earth. Mm-hmm. Um and very uh, approachable. He was responsible that we were three one of three companies uh, on Steam at that time. And that was and the other company was, I don't know, Didalek, I think and maybe Crytek and we (laughs) like the the, the little persons from castle in their studio. And (laughs) that's, that's all to him because in San Francisco at one point he went to the booth of uh, valve and he just talked to the people and drank beer with them. And he, he did that perfectly. So that's, that, that was good. Um, that was also good. And I did the artworks.
0: So that worked as well. And, um, 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 then and did, we also, did you have a type of role that you kind of described for the other people? Like, a kind of, um, did you clash with someone? Did you mesh with someone? Did you? What's what's your kind of social? I tend to be, uh, or at least I tended to be. That
2: has changed. I was very conflict shy, so I was always trying to keep up the harmony in the team, mm. and also. I was always very optimistic and motivated. I think that that also helped And uh, at one point. But this conflict, is also, if we want to be really honest, created a lot of problems because yeah. when you're in a production, you need to talk about conflicts. And that's something I personally had to learn, how to manage that and how yeah. to navigate that.
0: How did you learn that? Just curious because I, I know this very well from um, my mind. How I learned that I learned or, or when, by course. by which situation, whatever, yeah.
2: <laughs> by in the classic way when everything escalates, <laughs> and then and then you see, okay, that it should have never escalated like that. Um, I don't I mean, remember the you exact. Could have brought it up earlier. Maybe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I really learned, and that's why I enjoyed my, my my teaching so much at the university. I learned a lot about that as well when I was teaching. By observing other teams very closely, like student teams, mm. um, how they behave, what happens, and some of these strategies you have in a team, or how you deal with conflict and creative conflicts as well, they 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 are just they keep happening over and over, um, due to a lot of reasons. For example, one being the roles are not clear in the team. You don't know who's responsible for the art. Is there one person? Are there four persons? What is the process? What is the pipeline? And, right. and all of that. Um, yeah, and then there were many more people in the team. There were, was Sebastian Schulz, who was also a programmer, and he was more pragmatic at that point. He just put out a shitload of um, code that just worked but was not pretty. Um that was very fast but also caused problems so i think that all these little things that you need in a game production that Florian also mentioned they they were at one point
0: existent in our team all right Uh, yeah and and then you you know we already brought up conflict now and and kind Mm -hmm. of the 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 crew the band and so you really very explicitly in my opinion earlier mentioned conflict hygiene so explicitly that i wrote it down so Could you maybe expand on on what that means to you?
2: Um, I try to maybe frame it so it doesn't sound too generic, but I think what you need as a game developer is this sort of... um, or Like in a family are these moments where you come together and talk about problems, Mm. for example um so it could be a day it could be a date and i think it's even good to understand how to deal with these problems because some people in your team are introverts some of them are extroverts um how do you get everybody the right amount of time to speak their mind Uh, what are the processes to do that and i think this is something every team has to design for itself i think um and hygiene, because you have to do it over and over. I think you have to do yeah. it like I don't know every week. That's 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 like the rhythm we came up with in the end um, after the the two games we made. And even then, it was still sometimes that we 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 just missed stuff that somebody was I don't know sad for reasons nobody knew or was just stressed too much because of creative decisions we made and all of that. So I think that, that's that's one of the big quests, it's, and that that's more like a relationship thing. Yeah, I think. yeah, it is. Uh, um, because you have this relationship uh, with these people that you spend like eight hours a day, and you just have to find a way to not kill each other, because it can be very tense. Because it's you have all these existential things tied to it. You have your dreams in there, and your visions, and your it's also ec- economically something at stake and all of that. And sometimes you have these high pressure moments. And if you don't take care of all the other problems before, then it will just escalate and everybody's hateful or just disappointed. And that's, that's something I think that's one of the key features that at least in game production, you have to find,
0: find for your team. Yeah. It's a, it's a, Preventer of of resentment, and when mm-hmm. resentment is there, it, it gets gets really ugly. Then you can't talk straight anymore because everybody is uh, yeah. t- saying everything through a filter of like you said, hatefulness is strong, but well, it's it's yeah, not it's yeah, not yeah. it's not wrong. And yeah. uh, okay, so I, I guess then I'm well. You clearly, you know, had to to learn a lot around that, and we we will not look into every. Uh, nook and cranny there today. I guess yeah. I'm. I mean, I yeah. think the hygiene picture is good because yeah. if, if you look at a flat, you you want to clean it somehow every mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. somehow every week. You know, there are different dimensions. Maybe you'll tidy up your kitchen every day or every other day, so mm-hmm. you can cook freely. Like, right? That's like a process-oriented mm-hmm. place, and maybe you um, clean up your like you know clean your floors uh, every week or so and well but of, of course you know once a half year or once a year you'll you'll do do like a, a proper proper into every corner uh, yeah. cleaning usually in in spring and uh exactly after. Yeah. yeah and i i think that's yeah it's worth probably thinking about that if you're a developer or any person who makes anything where where you need to clean in your work Mm -hmm. right it's like it has a lot to do with planning too with Mm -hmm. um you you could say that planning for me at least is cleaning up Mm -hmm. your mind Mm
1: -hmm. you know you Mm -hmm.
0: have a regular date well if i don't plan once a week i I turn into a complete idiot i uh, i'm not able to live Uh, (laughs) it's still a mistake i make but it's a it's a one that i pay for all the time so yeah I, I guess one question specifically about conflict hygiene and teams I had was: Did you have the same person uh, always leading such a session? Like, did you have a specific uh, conductor of or process, uh, or a, w- not even one that you invented, more like one that established itself, or did it just come up? Or how, how did how did that work for you? What have you experienced? You you mean like a person who? like a mediator or something who takes. Yeah. Like from, one uh, person from the team who kind of took that on themselves or, or was that, it always somebody else? Or did you just talk in a group? Did you have, I'm just curious. So what you experienced there? Uh, we, we had this very nice system of that. You probably
2: know from school of um, everybody had some tasks to do in the, and, um, in, in the team. For example, one person was responsible for getting coffee every week or something like that. Um, or maybe filling out the applications for game festivals or something. So all these small tasks that you have to do that normally in a big company somebody would do or, I don't know, the interns would, would take care of sometimes. Uh, and one was also doing this kind of meeting preparation um, and in theory. Um, sometimes it just didn't work or somebody was too lazy, of course, mm. or we forgot about that. But, but the idea was to, yeah, to switch that role. So every meeting is prepared by somebody else. Um, everybody writes his issues, uh, in a protocol you can read beforehand and you can twist your mind around that. So you don't do a lot of impulse decisions, right? Mm-hmm. um when you're talking but you prepare your strategy to, for example if you do a business strategy meeting on on the on the idea of what do we do next where do we advertise what is our next production then you have to prepare that and we we have found some i think organically and with a lot of pain before but we found some ways to to organize that basically we had our own wiki like a Wikipedia page with a lot of ideas and rules and pipelines for everything. Uh, And that worked pretty well at some point. (laughs) It took a lot of time Uh, and sometimes, of course it didn't work, but uh, yeah, that's, that's how we did that. So we, the person changed, uh, we had different people prepare different stuff. So that was at least the theoretical idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But so it was quite a conscious way, you know, and then of course, in the in the mm-hmm. gaps, things happen. you know somebody yeah. doesn't do something, but of course, yeah. in a way, you were prepared okay, that's cool, that's cool. I think that's very important. that's why I'm so curious about it. I think it applies to so many things, like I said, you know, actual physical things like your mm-hmm. living space, like your mm-hmm. a weekly organization, and then of course your family i mean this is really a uh, very applicable mm-hmm. to a family mm-hmm. um so that's a really universal thing what you what you're describing, so that's why. I mm-hmm. want to underline exactly. it. It's yeah. totally valuable. If if you're listening to this, this is not part of your life, then consider looking at that because because that's uh, that's really important. It can probably save you from a lot of harm in a way, uh, or and, and enable you to do great things. I yeah. Suppose it's in, maybe the best of all <laughs> yeah, yeah, universes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dope. Hey, um, I have some quick fire questions too. Um, okay. You can answer them quickly if you feel like it. If you, uh, if I do some, my best. You, know, <laughs> you can answer them four dimensionally if you feel like that. Um, they are simple, not easy, I suppose. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think after that uh, we can we can wrap up. It would be nice. Um, so my first question, as always, what would you say mm-hmm. is the purpose of your being? <laughs> what (laughs) just being that's a
2: that's a very i don't know ellen watts answer but just being being there doing things not being an asshole
0: also important yeah the purpose of your being is being yeah yeah Yeah. okay that's very cool that seems about right That's nice. That's a uh, Alan Watts answer to an Alan Watts question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that nice. was a setup. Yeah, um, you got you got it. You you passed it. Um, <laughs> nobody ever did this before. Nice. Uh, what inspires you? What inspires me? Um, my my
2: of course my family, my kids, all of that, uh, friends, uh, and then random stuff. I don't have this unique source of inspiration. Um, I think we talked about that once in the preparation for this talk. Um, Also, just the media I consume, more or less. And I find it very hard to get inspiration from the internet most of the time. Uh, But sometimes that happens as well. It's mostly books being outside, sitting at a Späti in Berlin, looking at people. And also, and that's very important, I guess, for my work, uh, things, objects. I'm
0: really inspired by stuff.
2: Exactly. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. What is a Mm -hmm. beautiful day to you?
2: A beautiful day. I don't have any appointments. Um, I sleep at least till eight. I have a very precise idea of a beautiful day. Yes, let's hear <laughs> Then it. I have a very rich and hearty breakfast <laughs> containing eggs at, at some point. <laughs> good, man. Uh, good man. And, and <laughs> then, I, then I go out. The weather is good.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it better be. <laughs> it
2: better be good. Not Excuse great.
0: me, weatherman. I was planning a beautiful day today.
1: <laughs> yeah. Ex- exactly good what's and, the temperature like
2: uh, but <laughs> it's, it's 28 degree perfect short pants weather and then I uh-huh. uh, I don't know I'm, I'm with people I enjoy which is my family and also my, my friends and uh, I'm just outside and th- there's probably some trees and I can just drink coffee and look at people passing by that's like a very relaxed perfect day and it, at one point, I take a bath. <laughs> that's also that's also in
0: there. In in what type of receptacle? Like the sea? A lake? It doesn't a matter. bathtub? Just, just water. Marble bathtub. A marble bathtub. <laughs> in Milan. <laughs> and at one, time, one point during the beautiful day, I take a bath in a marble bathtub in Milan. So I better be there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's my... <laughs> My very precise idea of a, of a oh, great day yeah that's 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 damn right yeah oh, that's so righteous um here's a funny one. What mm-hmm. is something you believe that you think most people will disagree with That is a very good question um, hmm.
2: it doesn't matter what you do. I think. And not in a nihilist way. <clears throat> uh, I th- but I think it, it it's just important that people do things. This is a very artistic question, uh, answer. Maybe, but...
0: It doesn't matter what you do.
2: Yeah, but... but, but it's as long important you,
0: that you do something.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you can bend this answer in, yeah, in yeah. all various uh, directions, but but what I mean is, I think as long as you do things, I think good things will happen from that. And of course, this is, this makes sense in the context of the whole talk we have. Yes. Yeah, yeah. By, uh, because I, I enjoy this kind of activism, but, um, I, I think it doesn't really matter what medium you chose or whatever. If you do art, or if you work at the zoo, or whatever, as long as you contribute something, or as long as you do something, it's it, it's good. If uh, if I can, that's a very confusing
0: answer, but I think no, no, I like. I'm fully with it. I really like it. Actually, it's kind of like saying, uh, you know, there there is. There is nothing is really better than the other thing. It's yeah, not, yeah, I think so. There yeah. is not a kind of imperative to you better do X um, or yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, have to do That's not games, worth your time. So you you have have to, to, yeah. yeah, and
2: of course, this is very.
0: Well, this is super controversial as an answer, but uh, this I question it, is actually designed to create controversy. To be controversial, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hard yeah. question. So thanks for the answer. Um, it's a hard question to answer earnestly and and honestly. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's a good answer. Nice, 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 nice. Okay. Um, do you have books that you yeah. often <laughs> yes do that yeah. you often recommend or give to people? You can say one yeah. or maybe three. Yeah. Um,
2: Nothing in between. Either one or
0: three. One or
1: three. Yeah, not correct. four.
2: Um, I think. Okay, I have to really. I really think about that for a moment. I'm I i I'm just going to name my favorite three comic books because I really like comic books. I'm not going to talk about these. That, that's what I normally do at the university. I talk about books that teach you things. Like this is the greatest book for storytelling I've ever read or something. Um, but I think I'm going to talk about comic books that I really enjoy. Um and one of the books I like the most and I always come back to is called Too Much Coffee Man. <laughs> it's by a cartoonist uh, from, from America. And it's this slice of life um, stories about a superhero who has a cup of coffee on his head and just meditates on life. And it's to my opinion, it's not my favorite style, but nevertheless, I really enjoy the story. So, this is one big recommendation I have.
1: And do yeah. you want to have an interjection on that? Somebody actually drew that character and it uh, and hung it at the youth club back then. Yeah, there was a uh, there was on the one wall there was
0: a picture of Too Much Coffee Man.
2: It was a it was a, a homage, homage,
0: homage. Both works both works. i'm I'm googling too much coffee man right now too and the images are shannon hilarious Hila. <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> funny and there's that's... a panel here where he the before years where he looks at his brain i suppose and yells why don't you work better <laughs> yeah. which has a lot to do with your controversial answer which is very <laughs> yeah. that's cool man i'm gonna i'm gonna try to look at this i kind of yeah. like that they, they it's rather
2: that you can find them sometimes in, in comic stores but they most of the time they, oh. they are mm. um, s- sold out or i can borrow them to you at one point
0: when well, we meet well i i had a vision during our conversation a vision of the future and it involved the three of us and some type of beverage. And uh, <laughs> so I can see and a that. marble bathtub it, it, up. in up. Milan. Yeah. It might include, <laughs> it might include uh, yes. a tr- transfer, a very much respected transfer of a comic book. Um, I would um, very much enjoy that.
2: Me too. Yeah. We should do that afterwards. Uh, f- instantly.
0: Um, also, also yeah. the, the too much coffee, man, it mm-hmm. might be, uh, metaphor for this co- podcast as well. <laughs> Just, yeah, um, I, I really enjoy drinking. Yeah, that also makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, some
2: caffeine involved here. Okay, and I still, I still have two books to go. Um, one book I like for its stylistic and the way the stories are told that I don't like for its sexism and all the other stuff that uh, people did in the fifties and sixties, uh, is, and is Nick Knatterton. That is one of my most favorite early influences, um, about a detective. Um, that is very, I don't know how to say that. It's very infographical. Uh, so how, how do we spell son. this? Uh, Nick N N I C K Knatterton K N A T T
0: E R T O N.
2: Nick Knatterton.
0: Oh yes. Uh, very sharply drawn yeah. detective. Method. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And it was very popular in the... French. Schmidt. That, yes, exactly. In the 70s and,
0: and 60s, I guess. Uh,
2: my my grandfather introduced me to the animated show of that, and I really like the creativity in that. Of course, uh, there's a lot of stuff that you can really not do today, and that that's really offensive in these books. I um, also want to mention that, but I really really like all the aspects I mentioned that's that was a big influence to me as well and the third book is um which one should I take third book is it's called scut <clears throat> tales from the disposable assassin uh, and that was very influential when I was like 15 or 16. Um, it's about a robot that is designed to kill one, um, uh, target and then self-destruct. And while he's hunting that target, he reads the self-destruction note on his back. And he now knows that if he kills his target, then he will self-destruct. Um, and so he just puts his target in a, in a freezing tank and puts him to the hospital and now has to work freelance to keep paying the hospital bills. That's hilarious. Uh, and that's that's from the world building aspect that that was super influ- influential to me because all the characters are the, the most creative and insane ones uh maybe comparable to to um to uh, earthworm Jim the video game mm-hmm. some people probably know mm-hmm. um so i really like the world building and the storytelling in that
0: yeah. yeah googling it approving of the imagery uh <laughs> And it's a Scud, S C U D, for S-C-U-D, S-C-U-D. anybody who wants to check that yeah. out.
2: This is like the very old recommendations.
0: Yeah, I love that. Stay with me. Also, very good metaphor on on life the kind of you kill the target, your mission is over, right? And then, so like, how <laughs> at some about, point, yeah. How about you don't set yourself too many goals, but like work in a process oriented manner? And so he replaces goal with process, like, Uh, goal goes into hospital freezing tank and now we just have some fun so we can keep doing (laughs) stuff whatever it is
2: yeah and the 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 author wrote that he was actually rob schrapp is his name he was also involved in creating the 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 tv series community and i think the, the the creator of rick and morty um that i also really like artistically they they did a lot of collaborations so um nice. in, in this book there's a character that has talking knees for example and and all of that so th- it's just wow. a
0: a basket of great ideas fantastic I think. Ah. Hmm. maybe i should start finding some comic books that's nice yeah. that's nice um fantastic uh, i have what do i have 3 4 more questions um okay what is the change you want to see in the world?
2: I, I think, uh, and that comes from the point I'm, I'm currently in, I, I want to see more slowness. I think people should, or at least I should, be more slow in things and not uh, turn it down a notch. I, I would say that that would be a great change. Um, and that also refers to... Spending more time with people you like and going to the nature and all of that. But this this answer is clearly influenced <laughs> from the last one and a half years. Uh, but that would be great, because this would also imply probably not emitting too much carbon, maybe, and also removing some of that stress a lot of people feel. So I yes. think this,
0: this more, more slowness, I think. Mm. That's yes. my short answer. Good. Good, good lifestyle for the tree types, the the stams, the, yeah. the ones who <laughs> yeah. there's there's no there's no speed in the life of a tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so well, my follow up is always, how do you c- contribute to it? But I think we've heard what a beautiful day is for you. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of outlines that, so that makes sense. Um, huh. have you lost anything on your way that you would like to get back? Oh, that's also a very,
2: I have lost something on my way that I would like to get back. Hmm. Yeah, actually, yes. Um, I'd like to have a little more time for re- more randomness in my work. I, I'm always fighting against that because that's a, a topic we already talked about that um, before. But I, I really wanna get back to this mindset, and I know it's impossible that I had when I was studying, just sitting in a room and drawing stuff and just going with it, going with the flow. Um, I think it's very hard. At one point, when you start working in a studio or working commercially, that you keep that you 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 have that moment of uninfluenced freedom where you just do stuff for doing stuff. Because right now I always think or often think about the purpose and how can I market this? And is this probably has this some value or can it be successful in the subconsciousness? And I think that's something I want to go back to a little more Uh, to this, just drawing stuff and let's see what happens. Very not nice. drawing stuff with a purpose, at in mind. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, and then almost last one. What is something that you haven't done yet, which you would like to do? Um, I would like to publish a comic book in in
2: uh, not in Germany, but in America uh, with one of my favorite publishing houses. That's one thing I want to do. I would like to. Um, at one point in my life have some sort of garden where I can sit that would be nice uh, and I also wanted at one point travel to Japan once that's that's what I want to achieve and of course I want to continue working with inspirational people that's,
0: that's the more obvious thing. But, yeah but yeah. you've already done that so it's not yeah. part of the question. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I told you this podcast is mayhem. Yeah <laughs> Good. My friends. last question. it's mm-hmm. uh, not in line of the previous ones, though. Where mm-hmm. uh, can people find you to, I don't know, follow you, listen to you, whatever you put out, see you. Street address. Uh, yes, also
2: telephone. Um, I do have a Twitter that I don't feed regularly, which is actually never, which is called uh, The Stamm, just The T-H-E, Stamm. That's a place where you can find me. I also do have an Instagram that uh, I have to fill with some content at some point. Um, I have my website, which is uh, the minus, the minus com. That's actually the place where you can see most of my work Um, and also if you are in Berlin and want to have a creative exchange I live in Friedenau Um, you can find me there
0: (laughs) that's hilarious that's quite a dox actually
1: (laughs) I was joking about the address
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) oh man can't believe you've done this yeah I did (laughs) it just go to Friedenau you will find yeah. the stam walking yeah. around it's at just, some point. Catch me <laughs> outside being, being confused. Yeah. 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 Looking at people in front of a spati <laughs> on a beautiful, day. On a beautiful day. Make sure don't you don't disturb the beautiful day unless unless you're a person who he likes and wants to talk to. <laughs> Otherwise you have no, no place to be there. <laughs> in the program. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. So you I I just found your Twitter, it's the Stamm. Yeah. At the Stamm. Yeah. Um, very nice. That's probably the way to find you. The stamp.
2: And uh, one thing I forgot, obviously, is uh, the, the name of the studio I work at and I co-founded. It's uh, Blackpants.
0: De. I think yes. You are correct. Can you spell de? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> I will not. <laughs> oh, fantastic, my friends! This was. A very fun time, at least in my personal opinion. Yeah, um, agreed. I need a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you for your, I don't know, uh, for, for 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 what what you've had to tell. It was just uh, so enjoyable. Likewise, yeah.
2: Thanks for having me and all the very, the very good questions
0: that I will be thinking about a bit longer. I think.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Any last words from you, Mr. Florian?
1: Thanks, Stamm, uh, for doing this podcast Mm -hmm. and
0: uh, for anything and everything else. You guys, see you very soon. And to all you listeners out there, goodbye. Hi there, Simon here. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear here and you would like to hear more here, feel free to follow or to subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you get your audio fix. We appreciate you and we promise you to bring you many more insightful conversations with fantastic games industry guests from Berlin and from all over Europe. Thank you very much and see you very soon. Bye-bye. Hi there. Before you go, this is Florian, project manager for GamesNet Berlin Europe. If you want to
1: stay connected to the network, find out more about upcoming events and links to other Medianet initiatives, you can visit us at gamesatberlin.eu and subscribe to our newsletter. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and until next time.